Welcome to a successful user's bonus episode. This is the thrilling conclusion of the example jobs to be done episode, where Samuel and Robert break down all the insights it produced. Ladies and gentlemen, hang on to your hats. So it seems to me like like you had some pretty significant anxiety around um, you know, being stranded and having trouble with the old car, and I think that kind of created some of your time pressure. Um, and, and I think a lot of people sort of start out similarly, I guess not really knowing, um, you know, what they, what they want to buy the car for exactly, like what's the job the car is actually going to do, and you kind of, you, you started with, well, we need, to, we need to go camping, right? Like that's the thing. But then you realize that that wasn't really the thing as, as part of the search. Um, and I think that's why originally you pulled back. Like you're like, well, we don't actually like we can make this work. We can just rent something. But then the the eventually the anxiety of of the car not working overcame that. Yeah, and and I think um, there was also the commitment to like I don't want to sink any more money into this car. That the right. the, the idea of yeah, driving yeah, around is really it was bad timing to be you know beholden to a financial burden, right? Uh, well, I mean. Yes and no. Uh, we were really trying to stretch things out when I was writing the book because the a lot of the cash flow had been turned off because I was spending so much time investing so much of my time in getting the book out. But yeah. that was also something where when the book did come out, um, and we didn't really know how how it was going to sell when it launched, but we thought you know post launch our financial outlook is going to be different one way or the other. Um, yeah. And so getting like a big lump sum delivered in, you know, gave us enough to confidence to say like, okay, we can definitely uh, loosen our belts a little bit, I guess, um, and, and check off some of the bigger uh, drivers of anxiety in our life right now. Right. Yeah. So then it seemed like you kind of flirted with a lot of different little things about like mileage and reliability and the types of things everybody talks about, but very few people actually buy a car on. Um, and then it, it seemed like, you know, some of the things you you talked about, like like diesel and you wanted a manual and you watched YouTube videos of zero to 60 times, um, but it, it didn't seem like those things were things that really drove your decision. They were just kind of, you know, cool things on the periphery. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can tell you when we when when I started, like and again, I keep mentioning like the rubber uh interior or whatever. Yeah. Like like the biggest concern was I don't want something that's going to get scratched up when I put firewood in it. And I can tell you that when I actually really got serious about it, that was could I could not have cared less about that. Right. It's like, well, I can put a blanket down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll figure something out. So, yeah. yeah, so as far as like that, or like you said, manual, um, yeah, the, those those became very small. And then, you know, another thing that I didn't mention in the interview was looking at a lot of the YouTube research, quote unquote, that I did. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of like the, the reviewers were people who were car enthusiasts. So they were talking, right. you know, like that's how I kind of got yeah. steered towards the golf because the driver. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, it, it's like it was almost top gear all the time. What's that? So that it's like watching Top Gear all the time. You yeah, gotta, yeah, exactly. You get a performance bent. Yeah, and so, you know, performance was not the biggest concern. I mean, obviously, if you wind up buying a Prius, performance is not the biggest concern for you. But it felt like I was taking advice from people who were like, like if I was buying a stereo and I was only listening to people who are total audiophiles, where, you know, right. maybe 
maybe what I really want is just something that I can take to the beach. And, you know, like that's, that's not, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't need like, uh, you know, uh, uh, vacuum tubes to really get that, you know, that's not, that's, that would be actually against my best interests in that scenario. Yeah. Well, it seems like to me too, there's, there's something you mentioned, you called the Subaru Forester a boring family car. And I think that like that connects up for you. Like you, there was some anxiety there about like how the car was perceived. And then it comes up again when you start talking about the, the Prius, you said something about how it's like less embarrassing, um, to be in, uh, the VW, uh, Jetta than to be right. in the, the Prius. So I think it like the perception there was like really kind of pushing you a little bit. Um, but then I think the thing that like really got the ball rolling was, was when you had the, the experience of slowing down and watching, you know, what kind of mileage you were getting and it was kind of a game. And then your wife said, Hey, this is great. Like you had a speeding ticket and, you know, we want to get this thing done and this, you know, you're driving better and it feels safer and it's dependable. And so now you've kind of got something that's solving your solving two jobs really, right? You're you're plugging the hole of like now I'm not worried that the wife and kid are gonna be stranded. I'm not worried if we go to the beach, we're gonna be good. And like the wife feels better about like my driving yeah. and our safety. Yeah. Um, and then finally uh, this whole thing is done. Right? Which is pretty big. I think that was a big emotional factor when you get when you get somewhere that you're kinda happy yeah. just being done is a big deal. Right, yeah, it's nice to, for it to be over, and it's also a thing where it's like, you know, I can't, I just, I just took a bunch of, you know, uh, turned away a bunch of consulting work so I could write a book. I can't afford to turn away a bunch of consulting work to research cars for the next month. Like that's yeah. Like, well, like, you you mentioned putting a dollar amount on driving further to, to yeah. get a car, and, and yeah, so that makes sense why you wanted to, you know, yeah. limit that and and go ahead and get the deal done because you're you're looking at it as just like losing money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, uh-huh. And then, you know, another yeah. thing, like, as far as the performance was concerned, like, also, my biggest trepidation about the Prius was that all the reviewers were like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for X, Y, and Z, but it's just god awful to drive it. And right. I think that that actually set my expectations so uh, low. Yeah, well, like, artificially so. Like, it anchored them so low that right. coming from a guy that had been driving a car to go for several months like that all of a sudden i was like hey it's like a real car all right, right. so i don't it doesn't wind up yeah yeah so uh so that was something where i was i was really surprised at how much i didn't hate the driving because i thought that would be something because like i don't know I, like if i i, I can't picture right. myself driving a minivan i think i would just sit there and just and just hate myself the, the entire right, the, the boring family car. Yeah, it, it does sound like you were worried about the perception of the car, but then you know, not even when so you much actually like, got in it. N- n- you it know, wasn't. you're using the word perception, and, and I think that's close, but I, I think it's subtly different. That I really don't care whatever kind of car I'm going to drive. Like I'm not worried about people judging me, or even like you know, people on the street certainly, or even people, in, you know, my friends or whatever. I think it was more of my my self perception that I just was like, I don't. I, I I can't backslide and be like the minivan driver guy. Like that's just not even on the table. Right, yeah. So yeah, no, you're you're the aggressive driver guy who watches zero to sixty second videos. Yeah, no, I wasn't trying to project like peer pressure necessarily. I think it's like your perception of right like, how you feel about being in the car. Yeah, I guess I didn't I didn't I, I didn't want to identify with it. It more so than like I was worried what people would think. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, so I, I kind of feel like like the job that you ended up identifying was, um, at least that the car was solving, was sort of the reliability was more important than, than most of the other things that came up, like just to put your, your mind at ease. And then once you had that kind of locked in, you know, some little factors like liking the salesman, not liking the technology, and it's like a technology guy, I think that you probably took that like stronger than it, than it is really meaningful, but I, like, I totally would too. Yeah, um, and I was expecting not to. I mean, as far as my taste definitely skew, like I don't want a bunch of gizmos and gadgets and stuff like right. that. It, it was just something where the 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 dash honestly had like a sort of a spaceship feel, which was kind of like it felt futuristic, which was neat. Yeah, um, but it didn't have you know, like it didn't have like touch screens all over the place where they felt tacked on. Like another car that came up that was really highly recommended was the Mazda three, and everything about yep. that just felt super. De- gimmicky to me and that was like you know the, the prius felt like it was uh well considered and kind of put together in a in an in a considerate kind of way and uh, it wasn't just a bunch of stuff tacked on because it was a cool doodad or whatever so i like that and then the the volvo or volkswagen dashboard felt very uh, uh stuck in its ways it was a lot of dials and and you know uh indicators that could have been it, it, it could have been done smarter it, it seemed almost like uh obstinately old-fashioned right but anyway yeah yeah so um, what, what, what kind of car do you drive just out of curiosity have i trashed it already have i named a car that like are you like <laughs> that's funny uh do you, do you want to keep this keep this ro- rolling or do you want to? Well, we're both game off, on? right? Oh, you're saying you don't want to you don't want to say it on the record? Oh no, I don't care if I we can talk about it on the podcast. I, I drive a very old Saturn Ion. Ion. Um, yeah, I, I don't even. I, know I got what... it. I, I got it like sh- in a straight up trade. Uh, my first car was a Chevy Silverado, a fairly old one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And this is this is really just my second car. Um, two two and it's door. Funny because like probably about a year ago, I started like it wasn't very clean. I didn't. It's not that I'm a like a dirty car guy, but I just don't like take it to get washed a lot. And right and now I have kids too, so it was like it just seemed like a little bit dingy, and my outlook on it got really negative. And I was like, oh man, I got to get rid of this. So yeah, I actually went through the whole process of like I need a new car, and went down the road. I went to dealerships, and I I I didn't get. You know, to the point of buying one, but I visited five or six dealerships. Took the wife to uh, test drive a couple things, and uh, yeah, one of the one of the cars we looked at real seriously was the Forester. Uh huh. Um, yeah, similar-ish reasons. Um, you know, I got a family, a growing family, and wanted a little more space and to be able to like go to grandma's house, you know, which is several hours away, and not feel totally cramped. Um, uh, yeah, lots of little things, uh, but decided not to do it. I, I backed out. Um, we like literally like we got the car like washed and detailed and waxed and and did a couple like minor repairs, just like Saturday kind of stuff. And uh-huh. all of a sudden, I like was totally cool with it, and there wasn't anything wrong with it other than like superficial perfe- perception. Yeah, and uh, so I haven't really looked back. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. 
it, it was a weird experience um, to like get fairly close to, to deciding to buy a car, which is a, a fairly large purchase, and then sort of back out and realize, like, why was I even doing that and try to analyze <laughs> what the process was? Yeah. Well, and then that's the thing, like, with the, you know, I, it's one thing to identify the job to be done, but then, to me, the interesting thing is integrating around it. So, you know, in my case, if it was, well, let's use your case, because maybe had they integrated around it a little better, they, they could have sealed the deal. Right. So what were the ways, well, I guess if they had prevented you from getting it washed, that would be, that would be one thing. Yeah, you know, if there had been like a time component to mine, I think it would have made a big difference. But like, kind of like you, I, I'm kind of into negotiation, and I, I was looking for a fight, I guess. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so I didn't have anything like that where it would limit my leverage, and I did that on purpose. Yeah. And that yeah, oh, and that was actually a big driver that I didn't even mention was for us it was let's let's not wait until we're just totally desperate to get a replacement car like let's yeah. you know it was yeah, know this is the last comfortable moment we have before like the decision is being made for us so let's be proactive right. yeah but in a, yeah in, we we had discussions like that it's funny you can convince yourself of a lot of things like we talked about how well we can get more for the car now than we will later so we can just right. take the money and um you know not have to worry about it and yeah I don't know. I don't know exactly what could have been done to to make me pull the trigger. Um, I think I'm trying I, to think I, of something. Yeah, I could see in my case. Well, I don't know. I, I think of it as like a user experience guy, but that would be like, how can you go out of your way to help people and lose the leverage that you might have otherwise? Because like the points of anxiety for me were, I don't want to have to take a cab there, for example, or be in a negotiation where my alternative is to you know, walk two hours home or whatever. And so right. it was something where, uh, from a user experience standpoint, integrating around that job to be done, if they had a service where it's like, you know, we'll come and pick you up and and drop you off if you, if you don't have a car when we're done talking or whatever. Like, I could see something along those lines as being like, oh, yeah, I'd rather go with that person than the other. Or right. if you're a... F- Maybe, like, negotiate totally, like, by email or something. Yeah, well, and there's one dealership that is the most expensive one that I didn't go with where they will take the car to you to do the test drive. Oh, right. So, you know, that could have really, that could have given them an advantage. It didn't in my case. I guess, I don't know. I guess because we were already in that neighborhood anyway. And, and again, like, it was something where we were just doing it just just to as part of due diligence, basically. Um, but... There was that. There was one other thing I thought that could have worked. Um, I mean, it seems like the biggest integration I'm hearing from you is like, like finding someone that's got that that time pressure one way or another, right? Like, if you can if you can feel out that somebody's got a, a situation they need to get out of, you know, go ahead and strike the deal. Yeah, or you know, I mean, this is just kind of off the top of my head, but. The thing that really, the thing that really kicked us into gear was having to cut yet another hefty check to the mechanic. So I, right. I almost wonder, you know, if they could work a deal with with mechanics and just say, you know, I mean, even the way like they print on the back of receipts at supermarkets or things like that. Like if there was, if you're in that moment and I and there was like a little 
cutoff stub at the bottom of my invoice from the mechanic that was like, you know, for 20 of these, you could be, you know, or geez, I don't know. Five of these would be a down payment at the very least for a new car. Oh, right. Something like that. Yeah, or like maybe maybe the, like some car dealership has a, a thing there like on the receipt or something where it's like, you know, typically cars that are this old and have a repair like this cost this much more in a year after. And that's this much of, you know, a down payment or a new car or something. Yeah. Or, um, I mean, hooking it into things like, like a, a big component of it was road trips so i don't know how i don't know how you would be able to get to associate with that moment of the road trip decision making process but well car rentals i guess would be another thing where if somebody's yeah. like we were if we're renting a car where it's like you know again i i, I doubt the car rental place would be thrilled with uh with the right. cross promotion i mean if if there's a revenue tie-in they might be okay with it yeah but that would be that would be another example of integrating around the job to be done where you're not just yeah. Saying, oh, okay, I know what the emotional drivers are, but you're actually saying, how can we harness those drivers and, and be yep. present in that moment? Yeah, well, and, you know, if if this was a real thing, like we're a car dealership that wanted to make decisions about how we were going to position things and integrate around the job, we would we'd need to do quite a few more of these and get a sense of there are other consumers out there that buy cars for different reasons with, you know, looking to fill different jobs, and it may be that those are are a better place to position our services. Yeah, like I'm sure a lot of, you know, the 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 eco-friendly part of the Prius was like okay. I mean, it was it was almost right. like uh something that we tolerated about the car, you know. Yeah, it's funny when you're like interested in a product that like the like a big, you know, identifiable attribute is not what you're interested in, but the salesmen still push it really hard. Right. Yeah, well, and cuz we wanted oh, so I didn't mention but we like we went with like the base trim. Um, just because the, the, it, it just didn't seem like all of a sudden I started just trying to, you know, my mental calculator came out and I was just like, this doesn't make sense. But one right. thing we wanted was leather seats and in a Prius, it's so eco-friendly that they have, they don't even offer leather. It's like eco leather uh, or something where it's like right. synthetic leather where we're like, all right, well, I'm not going to pay extra for pleather. Right. That doesn't make any sense. So yeah. That's funny. Yeah, we, I think we probably would have upgraded if it weren't for the eco. The, I think the eco friendliness actually prevented us from investing more in the car. So would it have would it have driven you a little more? Say like like when they presented the repair bill to you, like that there was something at the bottom of it that was like, boom! Like just take this off the sticker price of of any car on our lot. I think so. I think the only consideration would be... And I mean, obviously, throw in, like, you have, you know, seven days or something. Right. I, I think the the only consideration is that you are forging that association with with a negative emotion. That you're, you know, you're not... You're, I mean, you're presenting it as an alter- alternative, but you're also... You're literally on the same piece of paper that has the, the dollar amount the that bill. you're... Yeah. yeah. So, in, well, in that I mean, sense... It's a like, way to sort of, like even it out too right like you're making it into a positive right yeah I, i'm with you i just think you know looking at how irrational and emotional people can be if you yeah, if yeah. they're like oh yeah prius that's the that's the thing that tried to get me to spend more money and made me feel even worse about the repair that i just had and also if you were if you just had the car repaired you're probably less inc- less inclined to move you you would just be trying to do it before the next repair really Right. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Well, I think that was simply remarkable. See you next time.